0: in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us. So be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Luke, chapter 21. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney.
1: If you're one of those people that really like history and you like facts, uh, you're gonna love today. This was the last week in the life of Jesus, and it's Passover week. And Jesus had been playing 20 questions with the religious leaders. In Luke 20, uh, he had been playing 20 questions with the religious leaders and answering all their questions. And then Jesus turns the table on them and he asks them a question. He said, "Whose son is the Messiah, David or God?" And the religious leaders were dumbfounded. And then a poor widow woman. In chapter 21, a poor widow woman walks in with two mites, don't you remember? And she puts it in the offering. And Jesus had been watching and the rich and the wealthy gave more money than she did. But Jesus said, this woman has given more than they all because she has given her all. She gave all that she had. Remember that? That she gave out of her abundance and that they gave out of their abundance, but she gave all that she had. And this morning, or this afternoon, should I say, Jesus gives a prophetic discourse that promotes questions from the crowd. If you're a note taker, I've titled this sermon, When the World is Shaken. Luke chapter 21, beginning in verse 5, saints, if you're looking at it, say amen. Amen. Then in verse 5, as some spoke of the temple, you're looking at it, How it was adorned with beautiful stones and donations. He said, these things which you see, the days will come in which no, not one stone, underline this, will not one stone be left upon another that shall not be thrown down. Well, in verse seven, so they asked him, they said, teacher, they asked him here two questions, teacher, but when will these things be? And what sign will there be when these things are about to take place? And he said, Take heed that you, do not, that, you are not, that you do not be deceived, for many will come in my name saying, I am he, and the time has drawn near. Therefore, do not go after them. But when you hear of wars and commotions, do not be terrified, for these things must come to pass first. But the end will not come immediately. And then he, Jesus, said to them, nation will rise against what, saints? Nation and kingdom against what? Kingdom. And there will be great earthquakes in various places, famines and pestilences, and there will be fearful sights and great signs from heaven. Saints, stop right there. Give me your attention. After Jesus walked or watched the poor woman uh, put in her mites, Jesus begins to leave the temple area. Now look at me, stay with me. As Jesus begins to leave the temple area, he stops and he looks over Jerusalem. Now you put the gospel accounts together in order to get a clear picture of the story. Matthew chapter 23, verse 37. Jesus is about to leave the temple area after he watched the widow put in her mite. Then he turned around, and according to Matthew 23, verse 37, Jesus says, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the one who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her, how often I wanted to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you were not willing. Every time that Jesus says something twice, two things. Number one, it's very important. Truly, truly, verily, verily. Every time he says something, number one, it's very important. And number two, it's breaking his heart. Don't you remember? Simon, Simon, Satan has desired to sift you as wheat. Saul, Saul, why doest thou persecute me? Martha, Martha, you're worried about too many things. So Jesus looked over Jerusalem and he said, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. And it was at that point that the disciples are shocked because Jesus said that statement. Verse five, chapter 21, Jesus, they said, what about the beautifully adorned temple? Look at the stones. And the disciples are saying, Jesus, look at the scene that is right before you. Now, listen, you know this, don't you? Jesus is never impressed with the outward form of religion. Say amen if you know that. Never. We are. Oh, man, they look really religious. Oh, man, they carry a real Bible. Oh, man, they have on a preacher's robe. Oh, man, all these external things. Jesus doesn't care about outward forms of religion. They saw the beautiful temple, and they admired the majesty of the temple, and Jesus saw something quite different. Jesus saw that Israel was a spiritual wasteland. Jesus saw how the religious leaders were uh, self-seeking and self-serving. And Jesus knows when a nation or a people is a spiritual wasteland, it's only a matter of time before it becomes a physical wasteland. And somebody say amen? Did y'all hear what I said? I'm going to say it again in case you were asleep. Jesus knows that when a nation or a people is a spiritual wasteland, it's only a matter of time before it becomes a physical wasteland. And so Jesus, in response to their statement, oh, what about the temple? Verse six in your Bibles, Jesus says, your house is going to be left desolate, spiritual wasteland. Now, let me tell you a little bit. Let me tell you a lot of bit about the temple. The temple, you might want to jot down some notes if you like. The temple has been in construction at this time for about 37 to 40 years. The Talmud, T-A-L-M-U-D. The Talmud is a set of Jewish writings. And in the Talmud, it said, if you haven't seen Herod's temple, you have never seen a building. Herod the Great, if you've been around here, you know this. Herod the Great was about four feet, eight inches tall, and he loved big stones. I say he had a short man's complex. He was short. Every time I think of Herod the Great, I think of Danny DeVito. I don't know why. It's my warped mind. But, but, But he loved big stones. The temple was 45 feet long, 12 feet wide, and it varied in height. Some of the stones, get this, weighed 750 tons. Can you imagine how did they quarry? I guess that's my question. How did they quarry a stone that was 750 tons and they cut it precisely? Some of the stones were 20 feet long, five feet high, and eight feet thick. The temple stones were so precisely cut, you couldn't put a blade between the stones. The temple courts were made of white imported marble. The columns on the temple, temple building itself was made of white marble. The temple building sat on 13 acres, and it was approximately 2,300,000 stones. The average weight of the temple stone weighed one and a half tons. The steps were made of pure white marble. In next month, I think it's the 9th or the 10th, we leave from here. 30-plus um, uh, people from Calvary Chapel, carry. It'll be my first trip that I'm leading a tour to Israel next month. Isn't that that exciting? Y'all clap your hands for those who's going. Even if you ain't going, clap your hands. It's a blessing for them. Rejoice with your brother and your sister. Y'all like, I ain't going, I ain't clapping. And we will go and we will sit and we'll take pictures there. These beautiful, beautiful, it's on the south end of the temple precincts. These beautiful marble steps are still there. The pure white marble, the very top of the temple was made of gold. The doors were covered and overlaid with gold around the pinnacle of the temple structure was made of gold. All around the top were these sharp points uh, overlaid with gold so that pigeons wouldn't land there and dirty it. One of the writers of the Talmud said, if you were to look at the temple when the sun was rising or setting, you could barely keep your eyes open. It was so bright between the white marble and the gold, you couldn't look at it. So Jesus is walking out of this area and he said, behold, your house, this temple, is anybody listening? Your house, this temple is going to be destroyed, left desolate, ruined, emptied, destroyed. This building. Now just let me put a side note here talking about buildings. Have you noticed... Our church building is in a business park. Did y'all know that? Okay. Y'all like, yeah, we noticed. It's in a business park. Matter of fact, I've tried to tell people where our church is. Because people have in their mind, a church has a steeple. A church has stained glass windows. So I try to tell people where our church is. And I'm telling it's on 1010, you can't miss it, blah, blah, blah. And they go, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know where it is. Oh, that, that business park? I'm going, yeah, 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 but it's actually a, a, a church. No, 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 it's a business park. No, it's really a church there. And then one, one guy told me, he says, no, is I, I, I there's a nightclub in there? Because he drove by and he saw the bottles. I told you he saw the bottles. You know, we had the cafe and we got the bottles of different flavors for the coffee. And he thought those were bottles of liquor. I didn't say liquor. I said liquor. They thought it was bottles of liquor. I'm like, no, 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 it's a business park. Listen, can I tell you something? Church buildings are fine in that they serve a purpose a church building and the facilities listen are not important i have been blessed god has opened many doors i have spoken in some beautiful beautiful church facilities i mean unbelievable church facilities but do you know god does not care about that a church building is like a lunch bag what you talking about willis a lunch bag you don't get caught up in the lunch bag. On your way out the door, you, somebody gives your wife, your your mom, whatever, gives you a lunch bag. You don't look at the lunch bag and go, "Oh, what a beautiful lunch bag, man! That brown bag. Look at the specks in the bag. It's a beautiful bag." You don't get caught up in the bag. You get caught up with what's in the bag. Am I right about it? You get caught up with what's in the bag. The sack isn't important. It's the feeding that's important. It's the lunch that's important. The church building isn't important. It's the feeding that's important. This church is not important. As a matter of fact, the building has nothing to do with the church. Jesus said, you are the church. We are the body of Christ. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Can I get a witness? We are the body of Christ. And so people get all caught up in the church building. Who cares about the church building? The early church met in catacombs. Those are like graves. Can you can you imagine they singing worship in the graves? Do you hear what I hear? And they got dead bodies right here. Do you hear what I do? You it? Uh. And then one of the bodies come up. Oh it ain't good, but they met in catacombs and God met them there as they sang praises unto the Lord. This church, listen, I am a very simple person and I honestly don't, I don't, I I think we have a nice church. I think, I I think it's a nice church. I mean, we don't have all the everything that some churches have McDonald's in the church. Don't mean, I ain't hating on it. Please don't get me wrong. But 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 I think we I honestly think we have what we need. We have a nice church. Anybody think so too? Can y'all show me some love? I think we have what we need, but I'm not into putting millions and millions of dollars in the in the church. We get what we need. I like things simple and I like things classy and things done well because I realize that God does not dwell in buildings made with hands. God dwells in his people. Can I get a witness from somebody? Is there anybody? God dwells in his people people. So the disciples, let's move on. They're impressed with the beauty of the temple. Keep in mind now, the disciples are from Galilee. The disciples are like country bumpkins. They come to Jerusalem and it's the big city and they see this big temple and they're like, "Ooh, look at that there temple. The disciples are like from like lizard lick. I just heard, I just learned a year ago. Matter of fact, I said that last service. I said, is anybody, anybody in here from lizard lick? Ain't nobody here. Okay, good. I could talk about it. Because one lady, I said, I'm talking about Lizzalick. Who's from Lizzalick? Ain't nobody from Lizalick. This is the last service. And one lady went, I'm from Lizalick. <laughs> and I went, and she, and, and she said, I, Lizalick. I didn't even know there was a Lizalick, North Carolina until about a year ago. But they were like country bumpkins. They would come to the big city. Jesus looks at this building, and he's not impressed. Of course, it's hard to impress Jesus. He just came from heaven. Amen. Look at verse six. Jesus said, look at verse six. You're looking at it. If you're looking at it, say, I'm looking at it. Jesus said, I see the days coming when one stone shall not be left upon another. And that sounds impossible. That sounds impossible. Impossible. Imagine looking at the White House, the Capitol building, the Lincoln Memorial, the Washington Monument. Imagine if somebody told you not one brick will be left standing here. This place is going to be plowed down. It would seem impossible. But Jesus, listen, is looking through the quarters of time. Is anybody listening? Jesus is looking through the quarters of time. Jesus is looking with a prophetic eye. And Jesus can see the Jews revolting against Rome. Jesus can see the Roman general Titus Vespasian marching into Jerusalem with the 5th, the 10th, and the 12th Roman Legion as they are moving toward the city. And the Jewish people are backing into the temple precincts and shutting the gates and guarding themselves. And, and the 10th, the 5th, the 10th, and the 12th uh, Roman Legion, they are like the Green Berets. They are soldiers, experienced soldiers. And they surround the city of Jerusalem. They surround the temple. And the siege, listen, lasts for a year and a half. And they cut off the water supply. And they cut off the food supply. And after about a year, mothers began to eat their babies. And they began to throw dead bodies over the wall to try to keep the, 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 the disease down. And toward the end of the siege, he, Titus Vespasian, met with the Jews and he said, please surrender. I don't want to destroy the temple. I don't want to burn it down. But they refused. And the Roman soldiers were angry and they broke through a breach in the wall. And they were met with no resistance all the way to the temple court. And then they threw a torch in the window and setting fire to the temple. And the temple continued to burn and it was totally engulfed in flames. And all the gold began to melt between the cracks of the stones. And the soldiers, watched this. And the soldiers took the temple apart brick by brick. And there was not one stone left upon another, just as Jesus prophesied. And at the end of the siege, there was over a million dead and many carried away as slaves of Rome. And Egypt. Well, when Jesus said, Though not be one stone left upon another, notice in verse three, it actually provoked three questions from them. Number one, in verse seven, pardon me, provoke three questions from them. Number one, teacher, when shall these things be? Number two, what sign shall there be when these things come to pass? And then in Matthew chapter 24, verse 3, another question: What shall be the sign of your coming at the end of the age. And you'll find these three questions asked in Matthew 24, Mark chapter 13, and right here in Luke chapter 21. Very interesting. In all three places, Jesus begins to answer the question with verse 8. Take heed. Are you looking at verse 8? Take heed. Are you looking at verse 8? Take heed that you do not be what saints deceive for many will come in my name saying I'm the Christ. And the time is near, and don't go after them. And did you know, give me your attention, did you know that in the last 50 to 60 years, there have been approximately 1,500 people who have claimed to be the Messiah? Someone once estimated in Hollywood alone, there are 90 new Messiahs a month. Now, these are not in the movies. These are just wackos hanging out on Hollywood Boulevard or Wilshire Boulevard. We've all heard of Sai Baba. We've heard of Rajneesh. We've heard of Jim Jones. We've heard of David Koresh. Have you heard of a guy by the name of Guru Maraji of the Divine Light Mission? He came on the scene in the early 70s. And he started to go sideways in the flesh. So his older brother, true story, his older brother got angry with him and said, you're starting to get in the flesh. You're not the Messiah anymore. I'm going to be the Messiah. He says, you're blowing it. And these guys wind up in court suing each other over the right to be the Messiah. True story. Have you heard of a guy by the name of Rael who started the Raelian movement in the 70s? He claimed he met an extraterrestrial being in 1973 and he became the Messiah. There was a woman by the name of N- uh, Namalia Sri She's obviously Indian and um, she claimed herself, get this, to be the Holy Spirit that Jesus promised. In 1972, there was a guy by the name of Samuel who claimed to be the Messiah and that he would rise from the dead. You know what? I find it interesting that all these wackos come out of the 70s. Have you noticed that? I'm telling you, the 70s was an interesting era. They was they was smoking that sticky icky. Some of y'all are like sticky icky? What Harold? What is sticky icky? Sticky icky. Sticky icky is pot. It's marijuana. All of them came out of the 70s. Notice in verses 9 through 11, Jesus said, One of the ways, are y'all listening? One of the ways that you will know that you are moving toward the end times is deception. People who will take advantage of God's people. Jesus said, when you hear of wars and commotions, don't be terrified, for these things must come to pass, but the end will not come immediately. Nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There will be earthquakes, famines, pestilences. There will be fearful sights and great signs from heaven. Very interesting that Matthew and Mark tell us that these are the beginning of sorrows or literally in the Greek language, these are the beginning of birth pains. Now, when I say the word birth pains, mommies, you know what I'm talking about. Where my ladies at, where my mommies at. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Birth pains, they just happen whenever they want to happen. Don't they? All of a sudden, you could be dressed up going to dinner. You and your husband been planning this date y'all ain't had in 10 years. And y'all all dressed up and pretty, and you, you pregnant, and you out there. here. And all of a sudden, you're having a nice dinner, and you go, oh, birth pain. You think, oh, okay, that's nothing. But then a few minutes later, oh, in a nice restaurant, you're being all loud. And then another one, oh! And you go, oh, the baby's coming. I mean, the baby's coming. I remember some years ago, and, and Rodney Jr. Rodney Jr., you know the big person in the cage, in the drum cage? Rodney Jr., when he was born, was 10 pounds some odd ounces. I was in the the room. Y'all know dads how we're in the room. I'm in the room, Elvira's pushing, and I'm like, push, push, push. I'm like, you ain't pushing hard enough. Push, push, step baby. Okay, so Rodney, he 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 doesn't want to come out. So he finally comes out, and all I look over and all I see is a head. Is this TMI? All I see is a head. He had the biggest, fattest head you ever seen. He's a big fat head, still does. And I'm, y'all tell him I said that, I will lie. Oh, wait a minute, it's on CD, I can't, okay. But I looked over and I looked over and I went, boy, that boy got a big old head. It was just hanging out and he was screaming. Oh, I seen his head hanging out. Aah! And then he, they started pulling him out and he just kept coming. He kept coming. He was really long and really big. And I looked over at Elvira and I said, honey. I said, I said, you did you didn't have a baby. I said, you had a turkey. I'm telling you, when she was done with that boy, she looked like she was in a fight. Elvira had two black eyes. I said, sweetie, you look bad. Roddy would not, and he would not come out. I'm like, he he was due on this day, he would not come out. Elvira was 10 pounds, she was huge. She was gorgeous.
0: You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch and Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times,